0: Now, back to sports time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett & Dunn Boot & Gene Company in Collierville. Once again, here are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. If I then will you still call me Superman? If I'm
1: alive back into Sports Time. Brian and Brett with you in our family leisure studios and joining us now to talk college basketball, Kevin Sweeney. You can follow him on Twitter at CBB underscore central. Also over at Sports Illustrated. He joins us every single week to talk college basketball. Kevin, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, a lot to get to today. A lot going on in the college basketball world. But I do want to start off with the Memphis Tigers. We've talked a lot about this team after the uh, the back-to-back-to-back games, uh, wins against top 25 programs. They've started off AAC play with uh, back-to-back three-point wins over Tulsa and SMU. Seeing this team over the last week, what, what have you thought of their play as of late?
2: I mean, I, I think the best word I would use to describe it so far has been kind of sleepy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it just has not been... The same level of engagement as we saw from this team earlier in the season, and I don't know what to diagnose that. I don't know if that's a a complacency. I don't know if that's Penny's motivation early in the season, pushing them, you know, understanding the importance for you know NCAA tournament considerations and whatnot to get some of those big wins. But you know, I've I've seen a team that just hasn't had quite the same level of hunger and the same level of energy that they had earlier in the season. You know, obviously, you know, there's 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 just you know shooting splits and things like that that can you know, make a, make a big difference. They didn't shoot particularly well against that. I mean, I think SMU's a really good basketball team. Yeah. Um. But, you know, really four straight games, in my opinion, dating back to the Vanderbilt game, mm-hmm. uh, where I don't think Memphis has played their best basketball. And, and it's important, obviously, given, um, you know, obviously given the, the the weakness of the AAC to, you know, get some style points here along the way. And they, they haven't really done that so far. But I, I do think, you know, at least fortunately on their end, the, the SMU win, I think, will age pretty nice. It's a good basketball team.
3: All right, Kevin, I'll scotch this with I'm mostly a homer about the Tigers, and I'm (laughs) trying to find half full here, and I may be making excuses. So here I go. If you're going to have these kind of grumbles, if you're going to have this Four game stretch that you very accurately and correctly point out. Isn't this a good time to do it? Sort some things out at this time of year because you, you want it, you, you don't want this coming late February or, or even even early March. And it's why I've defended these last two wins, I, you know, Austin P, whatever, and even to Vandy as it got a little bit scary because Vandy's not good. But these last two on the road, and when you win, not playing your A game, I kind of like that. Is that excuse making?
2: No, I mean, look, I I think every coach would tell you they'd rather learn lessons from wins and losses, right? And I think that they're, I think this team is probably learning something from these games. I also think, look, I mean, it's really hard to go on the road in college basketball. We talk about it every week, but I mean, you look last night: number one, Purdue goes down to Nebraska; number two, uh, Houston goes down to Iowa State. I mean, you just you work your way around the landscape. I mean, it is real, real darn hard to win those road games. Doesn't matter if they play in Tulsa. Doesn't really, you know. These, these conference road trips will be challenges for them. Memphis. Memphis will get the best shot of Wichita State over the weekend. They will get the best shot of Tulane next weekend, right? Like they will lose a game or two like that, and that's just the inevitable aspect of, of league play. Um, I, I think the bigger thing for me is like, can they get back to the level that they were playing at, you know, earlier this season? And I, I, I think they can because I haven't seen anything you know, massively shift in terms of, like, how they're playing. Uh, I just think there isn't maybe quite the same level of intensity or focus as there was earlier in the year.
1: We got the news, uh, I guess, uh, that game, before the game Sunday, we all kind of knew it, but that Caleb Mills will be out for the remainder of the season for the Tigers. How much uh, does that impact this team, and, and do you think that changes any of kind of the, uh, the hopes of this Tiger team?
2: I don't think it's huge in terms of the, you know, upside of this group I think it matters and that like one of the things that I loved about this Memphis group was felt like different guys could beat you on different nights right some days it's going to be David Jones some days it's going to be Quinterly sometimes they can maybe work it inside especially now that Tomlin has has emerged and, and is playing pretty well um, you know I, I think you felt like Caleb Mills was another guy who could win you a ball game his ability to make shots ability to create off the bounce and uh, to lose him for the year hurts obviously I, I think Jalen Young's going to have to step up and play a little better play a little more consistently um, you know, I think that's that that's key for them, and I, you know, naturally you're going to tighten your rotations up a little bit in, in, in league play. That's just mm-hmm. the, the, the 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 nature of it. But you know, certainly fortunate now to look back to bringing Tomlin, given that basically two potential starters in Mills and, and Jordan Brown have seemingly fallen off the face of the earth here in the last month.
3: Kevin, tying in the biggest story of the year, the announcement of Nick Saban retiring, I'm going to tie it to your sport that you cover so well. What are some things that that young John Shire has done very well in his year plus into his second year replacing the equivalent of of Nick Saban in the college basketball world, replacing Mike And What are some things that you would warn whoever that's going to be the next Alabama coach maybe not do some of the things that John Shire has done in his infancy stage of of head coach at Duke replacing Mike Kay? Yeah,
2: look, I think the thing that, You know, Shire has done well, and he's fortunate in the regard that he was, you know, internal and and was Duke basketball just the same way that Coach K was, and I don't think the next Alabama coach will be. Um, But I think he's navigated kind of some of the institutional stuff really well. Like, he hasn't changed Duke's identity. He hasn't tried to be something else and tried to leave his stamp on Duke. He's said, here, we have the best ground, you know, best foundation of anyone in the sport. Let's build on it. Let's use it to recruit um and you know let's modernize as we have to but we don't have to we don't have to rewrite how we operate but he's also been independent enough to hire staff that come from outside the duke camp uh over the over the summer the assistant that he hired that he hired was Emmanuel utilities from oklahoma the guy he knew from chicago last year he hired jay lucas from kentucky um so it hasn't just been let's surround ourselves with guys from the family so i think it's a, it's a balance i think it's something that you know, whoever takes over for stadium will have to have to navigate as well as how do you maintain the elements of that program that, that are, that are so strong uh, while also, you know, putting your own stamp on it in your own way, bringing in the right people around you. I think that's, that's a big challenge. I think the one thing that you know, Alabama football will, will, will deal with this is probably more like Kentucky basketball than it is Duke basketball is just kind of the kangaroo court around it. Right. I mean, just, just so sure. many people involved, so many hands in, in, in the cookie jar. How do you navigate all of those rooms? It's so challenging. David did it expertly, and I think that would be the thing I would be you know most curious about for our successors. factors?
3: Kevin, you, you knocked that answer just plumb out of the park. Wow, what a, what a great answer! And you are so right w- with with all the moving parts. I mean, it, it, it's not just a program; it's not just an organization like Duke basketball. Man, it, it's almost it's it's its own galaxy. Better than the Shira comparison. What would that what would you tell Greg Byrne, the AD that maybe the Duke AD learned?
2: You know, I, I think that I, I, I think to me the, the, the big trend I've seen in college basketball is like these these big jobs have been filled by guys with very little experience, uh, and part of that's just not a lot of coaches who are willing to move, and part of that is um, so being so tied to handing the job down to whoever is. You know, waiting in the wings, and I think Greg Byrne has a great opportunity because there isn't a clear internal candidate to go out and get a proven elite coach, right? And I don't know who that will be. Maybe it's Stan Lanning at Oregon. Maybe it's Dabo. Maybe it's you know, you work your way down the list. I mean, I'm not I'm not the expert there, hmm. um, but I, I think I think we'll look back on this period. You're pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> You're pretty good, Kevin. <laughs> I watch a lot of ball. I watch a lot of ball. <laughs> um, but I think we'll look back on this period of college basketball and say there was a missed opportunity to. For, for these programs to hire some of the elite coaches in the sport. Yeah. Um, Carolina in particular, when they hired Hubert Davis, there was an opportunity to go get some really big names they didn't need to. Hubert's doing a nice job. But yeah. I, I do yeah. think at the end of the day, like, I, I I want the best coach possible. I don't want the guy who's tied to the place.
1: Mm-hmm. Kevin, you mentioned uh, Purdue and their loss last night at Nebraska. Uh, when you look at, at both of these teams, is it concerning to you? Did anything you saw last night concern you about Purdue? And then on the other side, Nebraska, I've enjoyed watching this team this season. When you watch them play, does this look like a, a tournament team to you?
2: Yeah, it certainly does. You know, they were tremendous yesterday. Uh, they, they, they beat Purdue. Purdue did not yeah. beat themselves. Um, and, and look, I think it wasn't concerning because it wasn't the same old, same old Purdue recipe. Right. right? Like, usually, when I think about Purdue getting beat, it's their guards turn the ball over, they shoot the ball poorly. Um, that, that's not really what happened. I mean, this is the first time Purdue has lost when making 10 or more threes since the Virginia game in the Elite Eight in 2019. It, it's been a while. I mean, they, you know, what Nebraska did at the rim defensively on ED is something I haven't really seen. And I don't think it's replicable, because yeah, if it was, we would have seen someone do it before. I mean, it was a monster performance by Rick Mask, their transfer big man from Bradley. Uh, he's done an amazing job. And then, obviously, Nebraska made a ton of shots. Right? And that's what you're going to have to do to be Purdue. But they made some tough threes. So I think 14 for 23 overall in the game from deep. Like you're not going to you replicate that easily. Mm-hmm. But what a performance for them, and certainly sets them up well to be a tournament team.
3: Kevin Sweeney our guest from College Basketball Central and from Sports Illustrated he's with us every Wednesday at this time all the way through one shining moment we hear so much about the portal and and portal King in college and college football and in college basketball who do you think has been the portal King in college basketball?
2: I think in terms of kind of leading the way, on how to build teams in the portal would be Eric Musselman at Arkansas, and David Beckwith so at the time in Nevada. I will say the guy who I think has been the most efficient in the portal is Steve Forbes at Wake Forest. They have yeah. done an amazing job of finding under the radar guards, developing them into stars, and they, they finally have a team this year that I think will not only make the tournament but you know, potentially make some noise. They're very deep, very talented.
3: And and the portal swing the door swings both directions and and sometimes it can be real good and real bad. Do you think this year has been the 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 clocker for Eric Mossman?
2: Yeah, I, I think it's not just about the portal. I think their struggles. I think Arkansas. You know, at, at the end of the day, it's about building teams, right? You know, high, you know, high school kids, transfers, grad transfers, right? Like junior college, you have to build balanced groups, and I think I, I think. Arkansas has done a good job the last couple of years of having a real identity. And I don't think this group does. And I think that, Damn. you know, probably just some, some poor roster building decisions. They went, you know, their, their guards are small, but they don't have great point guard play. They've not shot the ball particularly well. Like percentage wise, they're shooting it well, but they don't have a lot of threats from beyond the arc. They take very few threes. And because they're smaller, they're not defending at the same level. So, yeah, I think this is probably Mus' worst Arkansas team at this point. But, I mean, this, just about every year around this time, we start saying, are we concerned with Eric Musselman? You know, here they are. You know, they're 7-5 or wherever they are usually. Uh, and he must have found a way to turn every one of them around. So I'm not quite writing off the race just yet. And, and,
3: and then he always finds a way to get them back. I'm going to make a bold prediction. Greg Barnes got to hire a football coach in the next three or four days at Alabama. I say at the end of this year, Nate Oates takes the Michigan job.
2: I, oh. I've heard crazier. Um, <laughs> his buyout is very big. Uh, it will be hard to pull him, but uh, coming back home to the state of Michigan is always been talked about with Nate, uh, and he will be a he will be a name that people want. I will say he is very happy at Alabama. He loves that place. He thinks he can win there. He loves being at a quote unquote championship school. Certainly, Michigan would qualify now after that football title over, uh, just you know, earlier this week. But I, I think it'll be hard to pull Nate, but it wouldn't shock me. Mm.
1: Yeah, and that football program is almost like they had to sacrifice the basketball program to go out and win the uh, the national championship in football. We're talking to Kevin Sweeney, he joins us every single week to talk college basketball from Sports Illustrated and CBB Central. So we talked about Purdue, the number one team. They lost last night in Nebraska. Also, Houston, the number two team in the country, lost on the road to Iowa State. And for Houston, it's going to be very different for them. They really haven't experienced what they're about to experience um, over these next. two Two months in conference play. Now that they're in the Big Twelve, they've got to go to TCU, uh, a team that that had Kansas on the ropes this past weekend for their next game, uh, and then it, it really doesn't get easy after that. I think Texas Tech um, at home. After that, a team that just beat Texas on the road, so it's it's not going to be yeah. easy for them. Do you do you see Houston maybe? Not struggling, but continuing to kind of look up and and being in tough situations in this new conference. Or do you think Kelvin Sampson and his team will bounce back after a loss like that?
2: I think they'll bounce back. I mean, I thought they did a great job yesterday. I mean, got punched in the mouth down fourteen nothing early on the road. Mm-hmm. You're like, here we go. This is the Big Twelve, and they battled back, tied the game, were in it you yeah. know, the final minute, and you know Iowa State made a really tough shot by Milan Momcilovic and. Uh, that that set them up to, to get a, a signature win. Uh, I, I think this team has a ton of competitiveness. They certainly are a Kelvin Sampson team in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's funny at, at uh, preseason media, media day, Big Twelve. Kelvin Sampson said, "You know, I walk into this place, I see everybody, and it's like being in a dog park. Everybody sizes each other up, and <laughs> there's there's no there's no shoot suits in this league. Like it's it's yeah. Rottweilers and."
3: You know, dog. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you, you know, you my, ne- my to nephew's you know. had a Shizu that I just love. <laughs> you, you, you made me laugh, Kevin. <laughs> here's a little bitty lap dog.
2: <laughs> it's, it, it really is funny, um, but I mean, look, I, I love. I think Kelvin's going to have them ready to go against TCU. I think they'll find a way to win that game, and I think they'll be right at the top of the league. I, I don't know that you know. I think Kansas will be certainly right there, maybe Baylor as well, but. I think Houston's going to compete to win this championship in year one. Yeah.
3: All right, all right, Kevin, last year I may have got a little ahead of myself on this, but I was really trying to extol – just the great job that Kelvin Sampson has done over a coaching career. And, and now with everything going on around college sports, was there anything more stupid than his career, almost being wrecked over uh, in a uh, uh, not inappropriate texting, but texting during a dead period. It wasn't anything uh, sexual, any invective. And it that mean, you know, it, it was, it, it was worse than some of the stuff that's directed at, at Harbaugh uh, d- during COVID. But so last year, I, I, I I know I got a little ahead of myself saying that they're really better now than during Five slam Jamma. I'm going to redo that this year. I'm going to say it again. I, I think this stretch of Houston basketball, I know they haven't been to back-to-back finals. I know they don't have a player like Akeem or even Clyde Drexler. And I know they don't have a fancy nickname. But this is more sustainable and better than anything Guy V ever did.
2: I, I agree on the- sustainability aspect one thousand percent. I mean, I don't think it has been talked about enough how consistently great that they have been, despite pretty much every year losing huge pieces. Yeah. But right? I mean you, you think back all the way to like Nate Hinton and uh, Rob Gray and guys mm-hmm. who you know really let oh, started I love that. Rob Gray. <laughs> but, I mean they had they've had tremendous guards every year. Mm-hmm. And they've lost those guards to the pros or you know to the portals, whatever. I mean Caleb Mill's even an example of that. And they have not missed a beat. It is such a testament to Kelvin. And I think it's certainly in the top five programs here of the last, you know, seven to eight years, what he has accomplished at Houston. And certainly a championship would be the crowning jewel, but helping that entire athletic department elevate into the Big 12. I mean, certainly football plays a huge role in that, but I think his, the job he, he has done and bringing them to a Final Four might have been, you know, the thing that pushed them over the top, over someone like an SMU, changed the direction of the institution. Did a tremendous job.
1: Yeah, another new team in the Big 12 this season, BYU, that kind of became the advanced analytic darling of the year, you know, so high in Kim Palm and, and was really blowing teams out in non-conference play. But now they're 0-2 in conference play with losses against Cincinnati and Baylor. And now they've got Iowa State at Texas Tech and Houston in their next four games, I think UCF, um, in there as well. But you said earlier this season that you didn't really buy into, to this BYU team and thought that, you know, it's going to going to get way tougher when we get to conference play. Do you think we see this team kind of fall back down to earth uh, in a month or so after after a month in conference? Yeah, I, I
2: think so. I mean, look, I think there's still a potential NCAA tournament team, um, but you, uh, I think when, when they were playing teams that were comparable to them physically, they could just out-execute them. And they're so skilled offensively. They have shooting everywhere. Mm-hmm. Their big men can really pass. They run beautiful offense. I mean, yeah. Mark Pope is one of the great offensive minds in college basketball right now, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But, all of a sudden, you match against Cincinnati, Cincinnati's got huge bigs. I mean, mm-hmm. Aziz Vandego and Victor Lockin, 6'10", 6'11", foot, long, athletic, can block shots. And it really just took them out of what they do offensively. And I think that's going to be the problem a lot of times in the Big 12. So, yeah. Could know, they shoot themselves into enough games to win as, and get to the NCAA tournament? I think they probably can. Certainly built themselves a, a nice resume in the non-conference with the you know, metrics and, and the way that they've dominated games. But you know, it's tougher sledding in, in the Big 12 when, when the dudes come out. And then there's, mm-hmm. there, there's a lot of athletes, a lot of talent in this league. The BYU, they love trouble matches.
1: Yeah. Last thing for you, Kevin, Uh, you had a story earlier today in Sports Illustrated about this UCLA team that has really struggled so far through the season. And when you look at this Pac-12, I mean, on, on one end, you've got... UCLA, you've got USC teams that, that are really struggling You know, big name teams that are really struggling this year but on the other end you've got a, a team like Arizona that that could have Final Four potential where would you rank this Big 12 among the other power conferences and then when you look at this UCLA team, I know you wrote about it earlier, what has been the big issue for Mick Cronin this year?
2: Yeah, I mean, UCLA went super young um, part of that was NIL related part of that was I think Mick Cronin belief that if he recruited a little bit more overseas and got European kids, they'd be a little bit more polished, a little more ready to play. Um, you know, he's had some struggles with one and none type freshmen, but he felt like if he brought in some international kids, they'd be a little bit, a bit more suited to his style. And so far it's just been really touch and go. I mean, Mm -hmm. defensively, I think all those guys have really struggled. That's certainly very important to Mick Cronin. Um, you know they really struggled to score yeah. um, because they just don't have guys who've been you know in a lot of big games, haven't you know not used to the physicality. Um, yeah. You know, and there's just been a bigger learning curve than I think they expected. They're behind on nil. They need to. They need more of that to go compete in the portal. Um, you know, Mick, Mick, I think used the analogy that. Um, they tried to sign guys but they're the Cincinnati Reds and the Los Angeles Dodgers right. usually get the players, which <laughs> I think at UCLA kind of falls a little flat, but at the end of the day, like if the money's not there, the money's not there. Mm-hmm. And they have to find a way to fix it. As far as the Pac twelve as a whole, you know, I think it's probably probably it's near the bottom rung of the power conference league because then think they have in the A C C probably neck and neck. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think Arizona obviously at the top helps and uh, the hope would be that you know, Colorado, Utah yeah. seems like that continue to emerge. So I think Oregon's playing really well. Jackson Shellstad, their freshman point guard, one of the more fun players to watch in the country.
1: Yeah, well, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun week. It is going to be fun. Um, it's yeah, been man, fun already, Kevin. It this really is, is this is going to be a blockbuster year. It really is.
2: Awesome, man. Absolutely terrific. I mean, I, I cannot wait for the next eight or so weeks till Selection Sunday. Yeah. It uh, goes by quick.
1: Yeah, I was about to say it's going to come and go uh, really, really fast. But Kevin, as always, thanks for Thank joining you. us. We'll do it again next week. Thank you, guys. Have a good one.
3: Thanks, Kevin. You got it. Kevin Sweeney with us talking college basketball. And there's a torrent of other news out there. Not, notwithstanding the big news yeah. of Coach Nick Saban's retirement, there's local Grizzlies mm-hmm. news. Yep. There's old Miss football commitment mm-hmm. news. There's a lot of news that we'll get to, but I want to tell you about Jim's Place Grill. Tonight be a good night to go out there and just hang and <laughs> take in all the scuttlebutt that's yeah, really. going on and enjoy the night in sports. If you want to watch the Tigers there, you can, and enjoy a great place to hang out with friends. Over 100 years of charcoal grill steaks, over 100 years of great celebrations, family t- and lasting memories and we're going to make a lot more this year at Jim's Place Grill. The Terrace family, with their touch for our community, their love for our community with recipes that date back to the beginning in downtown to now in Collierville at the railroad tracks at Popper and Houston Levee. Online at Jim'sPlaceGrill.com. Don't forget the e Ian Grill. Every state grilled perfectly over an open flame. Come to Jim's Place and taste and see and feel the difference. Lunch hours, Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Dinner hours, Monday through Saturday 5 p.m. to 9.30 p.m. Since 1921, a Memphis landmark. Values, hard work, and a dedication to their diners that's really unsurpassed. The Terrace family's created a memorable dining experience. The lunch menu, the staples like the souffle, the crab cakes, the shrimp cocktail, and all those salad dressings are... All homemade and at dinner time, the soups, the seafood, the calamari and the steaks that have made Jim's Place famous. The ribeyes, the fillets and the strips. Fantastic bar area to enjoy all at Jim's Place Grill in Collierville.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a really good night of college basketball tonight, especially later in the night. A lot of games that I think people will want to watch happening later, just kind of looking Arkansas-Georgia 8 o'clock, Florida-Ole Miss 8 o'clock, Washington State-USC, Bronny James still playing, 9.30, and then 10 o'clock, another um, big, important Pac-12 game. So it's a good night in college basketball tonight. And,
3: and Brian, even the broadside I had yesterday on the front office, I did say a week or so Mm -hmm. ago, that this Vince Williams move is one that they get to, that that they get to count as a big one. And now you see the deal that he just signed and, and it's, it's earned and he went out there and he did it the oldest of old fashioned way.
1: Yeah, no, a huge deal and I, I wanna, uh, get right back to that to start, uh, what's trending because I think that is a huge move for this Grizzlies team and, and I, am really, really happy to see it. Um, uh, but before we get to our break and before we come back and talk about what the Grizzlies did today, uh, kind of being overshadowed by the big retirement of Nick Saban, I gotta tell you about Hewlett and Dunn. Hewlett Dunn, boot and jean on the historic square in Carville since 1961. Charles Hall, he started working there in his teens and now now with his wife, Laura, they own the place known for all the boots, but also clothing, accessories, and a cap for any team in any season. They've got Western wear, but also a ton of boots, work boots, safety toe, soft toe, rubber boots, boots for every single occasion at Hewitt and Dunn. And from head to toe, they've got you covered with every brand imaginable, Ariat, Dan Post, Anderson Bean, whether for men or or women, and they've got you covered when it comes to clothing, whether it be jeans, pants, shirts, shorts, outerwear, and they've also got the best duckhead collection you'll find. Charles and Laura Hall invite you to 111 North Center Street on the square in Clariville or to their website, hewlettdunn.com. They're also the one-stop shop for all sorts of accessories, hats, sunglasses, boot care products in every area, team snapback, or cool hat you can think of. Whether it's the Tigers, Mississippi State, UT, Ole Miss, or the Razorbacks, they've got it, and for travel, the bag selection is top-notch. Hewittdone.com, but please uh, head out to Collierville, give them a visit, and say hello at 111 North Center Street on the square out in Carville at Hewlett and Dunn. Let's get to a break. When we come back, the Grizzlies have made some moves we'll talk about that during what's trending
0: broadcasting from the family leisure studio we are sports 56 and 98.5 fm now back to sports time on sports 56 and 98.5 fm this hour is brought to you by hewlett and dunn boot and jean company in collierville here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Well,
1: it's been a very busy day today in the sports world, from uh, from the retirements to the moving on of a coach to now uh, the Memphis Grizzlies making a couple of moves that go hand-in-hand with each other. It was reported um, about an hour ago that the Grizzlies were waving Bismack Biombo, the center that they added um, after the injury to Steven Adams. and B- They did it for a reason. They didn't just do it to, to get rid of them. They did it because um, they have now signed uh, to a three-year deal, $7.9 million guaranteed contract. Vince Williams Jr., who has been on a two-way contract but has been getting so many minutes uh, with the Grizzlies, they were going to have to make it decision at some point. They've made it today. Vince Williams uh, now uh, full-time with the Grizzlies. And Brett, you said it before we got to a break, but the way he's been playing, this contract was very much deserved.
3: He earned it. And the front office, I applaud them on this move. A really good move. And look, you know, Biyombo has has served some purpose, and I think mm-hmm. they're going to be out there uh, dealing for something else and they're especially with the injury exception yeah. they're now going to get because of Ja Morant and I think that money just that would would, would pay pay for that but the, they're, they're dealing and and this is a future move a lot of the grizzlies moves now the rest of this year will be okay so this year has has been what it's been
2: yeah.
3: well you don't just quit right. and you you got plenty of good pieces For the future, the big three, Jaron Jackson, John Morant, Desmond Payne, and want to build around that and and try to learn and grow from this year's real heartache.
1: Yeah. And I think when you've got a young guy like Vince Williams that's on the two way, you know, you, you kind of heard some people talking about him last year of, Hey, you know, this guy that, that came from VCU down in South Haven, you know, he's a good player. He's doing a lot of really good things. And then, you know, this year, just because of all the injuries, you have to turn to him. You really don't have any other option. And you turn to him. And he comes in and not only is he knocking down shots, but he's going up. And we talked to DeMichael about this earlier this week he's going up against the best players in the NBA he's going up against Kevin Durant he's going up against Luka Doncic he's going up against Kyrie Irving he's going up against some of the best scorers in the league and those guys are coming out and saying this guy's good this guy defensively is is one of the best young defenders in the league and he's giving you stuff on the offensive end so it just made a ton of sense and I, I think this is a guy that is going to be a, a big part uh, of this, uh, this franchise for for many years
3: yeah, there's a lot of moves being made today. That's a great one for the Grizzlies and Logan Diggs yeah. from LSU, who had been at Notre Dame, then LSU is now in the portal and headed to Ole Miss, and he's got to get healthy. But mm-hmm. when he's healthy, he he's a big time back. He had, he only went over 100 yards twice, like, twice or three times, maybe once against an FCS opponent. I know he did against Ole Miss, and I know he did against um, mid season for LSU. I can't remember the team, but he did. But then he was hurt down the stretch mm-hmm. of the year. He's got to get well, and that's yep. going to be part of the 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 pu- piece of the puzzle to try to replace Quinshawn Judkins, who sure. is now at the Ohio State University, and he's going to make them a great player.
1: Yeah, no, and, and you're right. And for Logan Diggs, I mean, that is a I think a massive pickup. Three times
3: over a hundred last year. I'm sorry, I can't remember well,
1: I'm, the. I'm looking it. The up. other one. Um, let's see. Kind of
3: mid season. Yeah. He he was. He, he, he rolled against Ole Miss, uh, their whole offense did, uh-huh. that night, and he had one early because mm-hmm. I had that in my notes for pregame, but I forget <laughs> now.
1: No, Brett, you're absolutely right. Grambling, uh, he had 115 yards. Ole Miss, he had 101 yards. And then uh, Missouri, uh, he had 130. Up, up
3: at Missouri. Mm-hmm. And, 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 right. and LSU won that game. Sure did. But they, they tacked one on late to win the really double digits. But that, that, that was – that and the loss to Ole Miss was probably the best LSU played all year.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right, and so uh, no, I th- I think that's a huge pickup. You're right, you know, dealt with those injuries, and, and you got to get them healthy, uh, but could be a, a massive addition for this team.
3: I'm being told by people that I think that I, I can trust in the know that it's going to they're going to move really fast. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody's surprised by that at Alabama that Greg Byrne will probably lock in and have a coach named. I don't know how big a pomp, circumstance, pep rally, whatever, but by, by the weekend, by Saturday wow. to, to start locking down players hmm. because everybody knows the whole college football world will be circling.
1: Yeah, no, you're right, and I mean, the just uh, names coming out and people already saying, you know, this is who they should go after, this is number one, this is candidate, you know, I, and I think, you know, they probably, this wasn't news to, to them, I don't think, and so I'm sure they've, they've known about this and have been prepared for it and, and you know, are, are prepared to be able to move fast.
3: Yeah, you got you got to have that list. This is going to drive me crazy. Okay. I'm seeing too many people saying 292 career wins. It's 297.
1: Uh huh. Brett, you get used to it. You're going to. Oh, it's going to drive me yeah, crazy. I
3: I I know I know had to do that to the goofball NCAA that he didn't have anything <laughs> to do there. He's won 297 games.
1: Yeah, no, you're you're right about that, but you're gonna see it a lot. Get ready, Brett. I mean, get all that frustration out now because uh, and it makes
3: me mad because I'm afraid somebody go up well, guy on the radio right. thinks he knows everything. Oh yeah, said two ninety seven. Yeah. First he's, of all, I don't think know? I know everything, uh, and second of all, it's two ninety seven.
1: Yeah, no, no, it it certainly is. You know, whatever NCAA, but no, I mean, a uh, Brett, a busy, busy day. You know, we. Uh, we talk about days being Good for families. whoever Hayes
3: Fawcett is. He's got it up yeah. right, 297. Good. Way Good to go, Hayes
1: Fawcett. Yeah, we, we love that. And
3: I wish Tiger basketball would hang the Final Four banner tonight, up yours NCAA. <laughs> well,
1: Brad, I'm glad you brought that up, because I think uh, the fact that the Tigers are playing a game tonight against UTSA has been uh, a bit overshadowed, you could say, because of all <laughs> yeah. of the news um, not, coming not, out 19-half-point favorite
0: <laughs> didn't
3: did, 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 did help matters, and I'm glad wow. you, you said that. That jogged my old my old brain. Yeah, do Tiger Bangalore. To get to Tiger bankroll. Texas-San Antonio. I remember going to a Memphis-Texas-San Antonio game, I think, at the Pyramid. But the first time I ever saw Texas-San Antonio, I was either – I think I was a freshman at Fayetteville mm. and went to see them play because they had on their team George Gervin's little brother. Really?
1: You know, George Gervin yeah. was the Iceman. Yeah.
3: And this, his little brother, you know what his nickname was?
1: I, I don't know.
3: Ice Ice Cube.
1: Ice cube, that's great. Oh, that's great. Yeah. The and, ice and, 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 and ice cube. And,
3: and Arkansas, the... Arkansas blasted them that night after playing not so good in in, mm. in early part of the game, but th- then one big. I, I I think that was fall of, I think that was December of eighty two. Might have been eighty three.
1: Yeah. Wow. Don't hold me to it. No, I won't so, hold you to it.
3: So tonight, uh, Johnny, picking cash. Man, after a lot of.
1: Cr- consideration this man is in a commitment i mean out hey, at, at a all game. this consideration man jody's going to do a head <laughs> dance here i got the
0: utsa hat. for 40 dollars
1: wow so you're taking Johnny, utsa plus Johnny.
0: the 19
1: and a half <laughs> i got utsa Johnny. wow Right? wow um hmm you know, Brett, I've been, uh, I've been very much up in the air on this one. It's such a big number. It's so hard. I mean, do you lose focus late in the game when you're up by 15? We saw it earlier this season, Brett, against a team like Jackson State where that line was about, what, 21, 21 and a half. And, uh, the Tigers could have very easily gotten past there, but they took that foot off the gas. Right around and, it all uh, night. All, all night. And, and Jackson State gets that back to the I be like that tonight. I, I think it is. But, but Brett, I'll be honest, over these last handful of games, um, you know. Even uh, Austin P. I think UTSA is a worse team than uh, than any team that the Tigers have struggled against. Any team the Tigers have seen, maybe since those those early season games, but certainly since they played those three top twenty five opponents. Um, so I'm going to go with the Tigers here. Uh, I'll take them minus the nineteen and a half. I think it's going to be close, but I do think this Tiger team can win by the twenty. Um, and so I'll take them. Um Johnny, how much did you put on it?
3: I put 40.
1: I'll, I'll I'll raise you 10 and I'll get 50. Okay.
3: 50 bones Man. on the Tigers. I don't love well, it, but I'll take Laying it. the 19 and a half. Bryant, y- y- your synopsis is so good. I I, yeah. I I can't top it. Johnny, you you, you laid it out yeah. very well. I just disagree with the team. I'm I'm on the same side as Brian. So Johnny goes Texas San Antonio. For 40, taking the 19 and a half. Bryant lays the 19 and a half, Here and he's come. putting 50 on the line uh-huh. tonight. That Here would take are. Bryant back to 800. Always be, always good to be at round numbers. Slow.
1: It's, a, it's, a, it's a slow, <laughs> slow, slow race. Build, Brett. Slow build. <laughs> it
3: is a slow dig back. I'm going to take the Memphis Tigers. I'm going to lay the 19 and a half, and with my 1400, Playing the long game, twenty dollars. Man,
1: I like it. I like it. Hey, I knew it. See in my head, I said he either gonna say thirty five, he raising lower. Well, like no. Well, Johnny, here's the thing. It's either he's gonna get, he's gonna put ten dollars on a game, or he's gonna put. I don't see Brent doing on that.
3: On I don't I mean, see him doing. No, that. I'm gonna play it safe on some of these nights. Oh, dang. I think this is a good I'm, night
1: to play it safe. But I'm Johnny, after the home.
3: hammering I took last year, Bryant just took us outside. And the woodshed. It was, wood um, it was last
1: unbelievable year. last year. I cannot replicate what. I happened mean, last he year. he I'm, wore I'm already, he wore us out and made us Johnny, like it. I he had already, the hand. I think hand. I'm already worse this year than I was all of last season. I mean, uh, it, it was it was it, a hot you, streak.
3: You, you are because that, that was so prolific. I yeah. mean, it would just be hard, hard hard to do again. Yeah. That wasn't uh, one can of you know what whoop. It was two cans. Brian opened up last year. <laughs> yeah,
1: yes, yes, no. Okay. It, was, it was a good season. We're trying to bounce back. Maybe the conference slate can be. Uh, a little better than us, but, Brett, you know I was telling you, I mean, it's it's tough. I mean, I like to look at Kim Pom. I like to look at a couple things, not not to make my whole decision, but just to kind of help me a little bit, make sure I'm kind of in the right area and all season long. These lines have been spot on on what mm-hmm. a lot of people think these games will be. And so it's been really hard. Um, to pick these games but I think the Tigers should make it look easy tonight I don't think they should have any problem and, and Brett we've been talking about what some of these previous games have been for the Tigers and, and I think Penny Hardaway has has made it very clear to this team that the way they've been playing these last games is not what he wants to see from his team and I think we could see a very different uh look especially on the on the offensive end from this Tiger team tonight I, I,
3: I've, I've loved the the seriousness that he's taking out yeah. you know he he, he he doesn't want to mess around and I go back to with, with Kevin Sweeney me talking about and i'm I'm trying to find kind of that the, the happy bridge if you're going to have this law this is the time to do it right and the roster has changed Absolutely. quite a bit Absolutely. over over the last two weeks mm-hmm. three weeks with with everything with, with some with the addition and with mm-hmm. some subtraction right I, Bryant, I, I, I was fortunate just with be, being of age uh-huh. to live through the, the change from Coach Bryant to Ray Perkins right. and, and his retirement, his last game here at the Liberty Bowl, December 29th 1982, one of the nights of my life with the people that I went, went to the game with and that history we saw on the field right here in, yeah. in, in Memphis. And now I'm going to get to see it for Coach Nick Saban but unlike with the Bear, it was no Twitter X machine then. <laughs> no, <laughs> The no, Twitter X no. machine has already been oh, unbelievable. Yeah. And and you're, you're going to see this, and, and it may be the case. I, I, think, I think kind of first swing at it is going to be Dan Lanning. If yeah. it is, I think Alabama can rightly go out there and say the only person we ever wanted was right here. Sure. You know the fans are going to say that. Oh, if sure. it got down – to me, mm-hmm. mine's the only guy we really wanted. That 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 was it. I mean, yes. if, if if he got down to coach it, at 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 Glendale Tech, that's what they're going <laughs> to say. Uh, that, that's the only guy we wanted, and and and, and we know in the, in the coaching search, really only one offer gets made, and it's the one that gets accepted. Yeah, that's right. And and I, I just can't see two or three people no. t- taking a pass at it. But I do like, and I'm 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 not quite sure yet how to co- correctly pronounce his name, but the, the defensive end that's transferring to Ole Miss mm. from from Florida and he may be a first round draft pick spring of twenty twenty five, Prince Umana Milan. Is that uh, how you do a, you know?
1: It's a good 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 try. I mean I, I've heard him he, so many he, different ways. He had
3: a good tweet you're kinda of seeing this in the Ole Miss world. You're seeing it in the Texas world. He tweeted out, Don't get any ideas, Kiff
1: <laughs> That's great. That is so good. Yeah. I mean, look, I've already had people text me of, uh, you, you think Lane Kiffin's going to go to to Alabama? You think Kiffin to Bama? I don't know. I mean, I I
3: don't. I think he's so happy personally and professionally at Ole Miss. That's just my opinion, Mm -hmm. but I think he, he, he can, uh, uh, he, he can accomplish a a, a lot at Ole Miss. Now, you, when I talk about coaching seniority, Brian, it was something for me to get out my little book, you know, that I keep, that I keep at the ready. And cross through oh, Nick no. Saban. Oh
1: man! That,
3: and you know who that makes the number one in seniority at in SEC right now?
1: In the SEC right now, I, I do not know.
3: Mark Stoops.
1: Wow, Mark Stoops. Number Kirby one. Smart second.
3: Mm. Lane Kiffin third.
1: Another shocker, Brett. I mean, Lane that's a, Kiffin that's a being third. That Sam is
3: Pittman fourth.
1: Sam Pittman fourth is another surprise. Feels like he's Mark guys were Stoops yesterday.
3: Got hired November 27th, 2012. Wow. By CATS. Cats, cats, cats.
1: Cats, cats, cats. Oh, man. A historic day, Brett. A busy day. A lot of news all over the place. I'm going to throw this
3: pin away that I had to cross through Coach Nick Saban on that now, list. Brett, you
1: should, you should frame it and, you know, hang it on a wall or something. Mm. I don't know.
3: I like that idea, yeah, Brian. Yeah, uh, that's a great it's, idea. It's a, it's a, frame it up. I got that, enough stuff. Well, that's a, <laughs> I'm overrun with, with gadgetry yeah. and mementos. I guess
1: that's a, I guess that's a good point. Well, let's get to our final break of the day. When we come back, we'll wrap up today's show We talk about crunch time.
0: You already know you can listen to Sports 56 anywhere with the Sports 56 app or at sports56whbq.com. But you can also watch us daily with live video of all of our shows on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Now, back to sports time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett & Dunn, Boot & Jean Company in Collierville. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. This
1: is pretty cool, and we're just getting started, so... It is
0: for all the crunch time.
2: You are looking live. In your life have you seen anything like
0: that? Goodbye, no happens. It's obviously crunch time. Hammer, nail, coffin, this baby is over.
3: The double steak grilled cheese burrito, so good. Double the steak with nacho cheese sauce, seasoned rice, red strips, sour cream, and the three cheese blend wrapped inside a warm flour tortilla with even more three-cheese blend grilled on the top. The double-steak grilled cheese burrito, it hits the spot now at Taco Bell. And at Taco Bell, when they say they are feeding people's lives with unexpected good, they mean it.
1: Bowl food you can't get anywhere else. Well, Brett, what I learned today is that... Los Angeles Clippers star Kawhi Leonard has signed a new three-year, $152.4 million contract extension, keeping him under contract through the 2026-27 season in L.A. This is a massive, fully-guaranteed, long-term commitment from the two sides to keep Kawhi Leonard uh, in Los Angeles with the Clippers and with this run they've been on how hot they've been lately Kawhi Leonard has been the star of that of all the stars they have um, on that Clippers team the big three you could say uh, of the Clippers he has certainly been the best player of those three and for the Clippers to be able to lock him up uh, and extend him I don't believe there's a there's a player option on this either so this is a commitment from both sides to keep him in. LA with what the clippers are trying to do building a new arena and trying to kind of give themselves a footprint of their own in LA this Could is not be the news. lakers exactly mm-hmm. this is massive news for them
3: yeah, and tonight, Toronto, they stay right there and they play, and I know yeah. that, I, I know their coach was really running hot last Ooh, night, yeah, but he was. He, he's gonna get a big fine. I know he was mad, yeah. and you also would notice he never did curse. He was plenty That's mad, right. yeah. but he never, he never did curse. He was plenty mad, but he's gonna get a big fine. Oh, Cause yeah. you can't go out there and say the no, game are no, fixed. No, 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 no. I mean, no, you, you, you just not. can't do it, especially <laughs> in the NBA. Po- post Tim Donnie. You know, on a day like this, you need a good friend. My good friend John Harden just texted me, 297. <laughs>
1: That's why Thank you, John. you have friends like John Hard. That's right, yeah.
3: You. That's right. And, and on this historic day, is as we get the announcement of Coach Nick Saban mm-hmm. calling it a career, yeah. I, th- I think the look back, the the... Mm-hmm. the the memories, the, the, the record, it, it, will be something, but we're going to have to move quickly yeah. to who the next coach will be. That'll be something to watch over the next few days on. And we'll see how Alabama handles, they, they handle kind of tributes and pomp and circumstance down there so very well yeah. and, and how they roll out the official announcement as he meets the media and meets the boosters and, and says that goodbye yeah. to, to, to title town.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting and weird to watch, and that's why it's what I could have done without today. The official announcement uh, that Nick Saban is retiring—it just feels weird. John, me and Johnny were talking about it uh, during a break earlier. Of for us, college football has been Nick Saban. Nick Saban has been a part of it ever since we've started watching college football, and so uh, it's just—it's a different feeling. It's weird. It's going to be weird seeing all the tributes, all the thank yous to Nick. Saban uh, and it's really going to feel real uh, next September when we're playing games, and, and you will not see him on the sidelines, you know, freaking out over a, a fumbled snap. It's going to be somebody new down there.
3: How about Tyson Helton when he goes to midfield for that pregame visit with the opposing <laughs> yeah. coach and he's standing on the field at BDS mm-hmm. and it won't be Nick Saban, uh, visiting with him. Yeah, that, right. that'll be something I, I could have done without. I go way back to the day that he was hired and the bozos and the prophets of doom, <laughs> first of all saying what well, they're paying him four million dollars mm-hmm. a yeah. year. This is outrageous <laughs> and all the boohooing and whining. Yeah. They could have paid him $50 million, and and he 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 paid for every bit of it. In fact, at the going away press conference, Greg Byrne ought to hand him a check for $50 million say thank
1: you. (laughs) I would love that. That would be great. Now, I mean, it is a a crazy day uh, in college football. Uh, Brett, where are you beaming tonight?
3: Uh, be me to start for Tennessee at Mississippi State, fifth ranked in the net, the Vols versus 34th in the net, Mississippi State, states 12 and three with losses to Georgia Tech, Southern University, and at South Carolina. State, Arkansas, Ole Miss, and Florida tonight, all trying to avoid an 0 and 2 start.
1: Yeah, that's going to be a really fun game that gets started here in just a couple minutes over on SEC Network. Brett, be me. Um, kind of an under-the-radar game uh, for people that maybe haven't been paying attention to college basketball this season. 7 o'clock tonight, Indiana State, who's off to a 13-2 and start to the season, uh, taking on Drake, a 12-3 and start uh, for Drake, a Drake team that's coming off a loss to Belmont. Uh, Indiana State has turned into kind of the darling of college basketball this year with the start they've had. That one's on ESPN Plus 9. should be a really, really fun game to watch.
3: Go Sycamores. Larry right. Bird's not walking through that door, no, though. he
1: is not. No. What if he ever play. goes back to games. You know, that's a good question. I, I don't know.
3: You know, the 30 for 30 that I've been begging for is that six weeks, eight weeks that Larry Bird spent on campus at Bloomington. Yeah. You you talking about the Gutenberg Bible of sports yeah. pictures? You cannot find a photo anywhere in him in practice togs. A, he really? he didn't make it to photo day. I mean, he was out of there. You know, small town guy got sure. to Bloomington. It was real big. Night was really tough on him, and yeah. he got the heck out of Dodge. Uh, that that that's like finding the Holy Grail <laughs> oh, is oh, to man. find him in some Indiana gear. Oh yeah, that's interesting. I believe it though. But uh, a busy
1: busy day, Brett. But it should be. A really good night. A lot of college basketball games. Some uh, games that I'm really looking forward to tonight happening later in the night, but also 10 NBA games. Yeah, I was about to say a very good slate uh, in the NBA tonight. In two games, Brett, we're getting another midweek ABC game, Pelicans, Warriors on ABC tonight, and then 9 like o'clock it. on ESPN, Nuggets, and Jazz. So it should be a really, really fun night of basketball. But that's all the time we have. Enjoy your night. If you're going down to the Tigers game, drive safe as that one tips off in about an hour, but so long, we'll do it again tomorrow afternoon.